Well, if you have your Bibles with you, could you open up to the book of Luke chapter 18? Luke chapter 18. And while you're turning there, let me share a little story as an illustration. It's about a three-year-old boy and his mother who went grocery shopping. And perhaps maybe you heard this story before, where the mother and child were about to enter into the grocery store, but before she went in, she told her son, now you're not getting any chocolate chip cookie today, so don't ask. And so the boy nodded his head and said, okay, mommy. So the mother puts the boy into the cart, and they go into the shopping center and begin shopping. Now, the boy was doing just fine until they went into the cookie aisle. And when the boy saw the chocolate chip cookie, he says, Mommy, can I have chocolate chip cookies? And the mother says, Now, son, didn't I tell you not to ask for chocolate chip cookies because you're not getting any, so stop asking. So the boy sat down, and, and he was quiet. So the mom continued shopping, looking for the items, and then, of course, you know, somehow they ended up in that cookie aisle once again. And the boy saw the chocolate chip cookies, and he says, Mommy, please, can I have chocolate chip cookies? And the mother says, Son, I told you, don't ask me for chocolate chip cookies, so be quiet and sit down. How many of you have been there? And so the boy sat down. Finally, the mother, mother was done with her shopping, and she was on her way to the, uh, to, the, to the checkout center. And as they were approaching the checkout center, the boy sensed that this may be the last chance. So just as before they got to the checkout line, the boy stood up in the cart, and he, and he hollered as loud as he could, In the name of Jesus, may I have chocolate chip cookies? And all of the people that were in the area began to laugh, and some even applauded. But because of the generosity of the other shoppers, that mother and boy walked out of the grocery store with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. And the two things that I want to point out to you in that story, number one, is that little boy kept asking no matter how many times he was denied Yet he never stopped asking. And the second thing is, is that because of his persistence, he was able to get what he asked for and then some. Now, the reason why I'm asking this is because many of us need to learn from this boy when it comes to our prayer lives. That's what leads me to Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, where Jesus says this. When he spoke a parable to them, the disciples, he said that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. The King James Version says not faint. That word faint means to be weak, weary, or to fail. The implication is, is that when you become weak, it leads us to quit and stop praying. And so Jesus tells this, this, this parable demonstrating that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 says this in the New Living Translation. Never stop praying. And that's the title of this message. Say this with me. Never stop praying. There was a man by the name of D.L. Moody. Most of you know who he is. But he was a great American evangelist, a very powerful evangelist during the mid to late 19th century. He was the Billy Graham of his era. 
And he saved thousands of lives through his ministry. And one of the things, and one of the secrets about his ministry and about his life that made him so successful and so powerful was the fact that he was a praying man. He was a man of prayer. As a matter of fact, it was said that Moody, those who knew him, was a greater prayer than he was a preacher. And one of the things about him is time and time again, he was confronted with obstacles that seemed insurmountable, but he always, always seemed to find a way to overcome the difficulties. Because one of the things about him is that he knew with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with every fiber of his being, that nothing was too difficult for God, and prayer can do whatever God can do. And he lived by this conviction because he believed it. As a matter of fact, there was a story where he was doing a mighty work in Northfield, Massachusetts, where he was actually born. So he's a homeboy. And one of the things about him was that this great ministry that he was doing in that city, he found, to, uh, he found himself to be behind financially $20,000. Now, understand that $20,000 is a lot of money. And to do a mighty work, he was so committed to doing it. But you know what? He never told a soul. And as powerful as he was, as influential as he, as he was, I'm sure he would not have had a problem raising up that money. But he made up in his mind that he was going to go to God instead. So he didn't say a word to anyone. And so he went to God and he said this prayer. He said, I need $1,000, I'm $20,000, and I'm going to get it by prayer. And so he went to the Lord and said, Lord, I need $20,000, but I want you to get it to me in such a way that I know that it comes from you and nothing else and nobody else. And the story goes that he received that $20,000 in such a way that only God was able to provide for him in direct response to his prayer. So that was the kind of man that he was. He was a man that, that no matter what obstacle he faced, he always faced it by prayer. So tonight, and the reason why I'm sharing this, because when I ask the Lord, Lord, what, can I, what, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to speak to the people? And this is what dropped in my heart, in my spirit. Don't stop praying. And I sense that tonight that there are many of you here that have come to the place of weariness and weakness and on the verge of giving up and stop praying. Some of you may have already reached the point of not praying at all because of discouragement, because of weariness or whatever it may be. But tonight, I want to encourage you through the word of God to pick up your prayer mantle to turn up the heat in your prayer life and get back into the prayer closet and begin praying and don't stop praying. That is my desire. That is my prayer for tonight. So tonight, we're going to look at four reasons why we are not to stop praying. Four reasons. So go with me to First uh, Samuel chapter 12. The one reason, the first reason why we should not stop praying is because God commands us not to stop praying. The Bible, all through the Bible, encourages us to pray continuously. In, in Samuel, 
He was a man who understood the seriousness of continual prayer. Look at what he says in verse in uh, chapter 12 and verse 23. He says this. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. The question I have is this. Is failing to pray for others a sin? Samuel's words seem to indicate this. As a matter of fact, his actions and his words illustrate this one thing. The responsibility that every Christian has. That we should pray consistently, especially when it comes to others. Ephesians 6.18, Paul says that we are to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. He says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance or persistency and supplication for all saints. The Amplified Version says it like this. Pray at all times, on every occasion, and in every season. So, what Paul is telling us is this. That we have to pray always. And praying always means praying always. It's a great revelation. That doesn't mean once a week, once a month, once a year, or whenever you feel like praying, or whatever the mood suits you. It says praying always, in all seasons, in all situations, continuously. So praying, so failing to pray consistently, especially to others, according to Samuel, is a sin against God. Now, Jesus says in uh, Luke 18, 1, that men are always to pray and not faint. So if we don't always pray, then it's a violation of God's will. So to give up is, a, is contrary to God's will. So in other words, it is a sin. It's a, it's a disobedience. But to not give up is a direct or is in, right in God's wheelhouse, in his perfect will. Go to Acts chapter 1. Not giving up is the will of God. Acts chapter 1, in verse 14. Say this with me. Don't stop praying. The early church was a church who knew how to pray. They continued always in prayer. And Acts 1, in verse 14, says this. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Now, while you're still in the book of Acts, go to chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 and in verse 4 says this. But we, the apostles, will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Notice the word continue. That word continue in the Greek literally means to be earnest or to be committed or diligent towards a thing, towards a goal. It also means to persevere or to constantly be diligent, especially in our prayers. So the apostles and the early Christians did just that. They earnestly and diligently and committedly prayed continuously. It was a part of their lives. Go to Romans chapter 12. They never stopped praying. 
We're going to search the scriptures to find what the word of God says about not stopping in prayer. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12, Paul charges the church to pray constantly. And he says this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and there's that word again, continuing steadfastly in prayer. I like what the message translation says, don't quit in hard times, but pray all the harder. Now go to Colossians chapter 4. This is a Bible study, so we're going to search the scriptures tonight. Colossians chapter 4. And in verse 2, once again we see that word continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stop praying. So we don't stop praying because we are commanded to pray always and continuously. Go back to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Here Jesus teaches his disciples this parable. And he starts in verse 1 where he says that men are always to pray and not lose heart. Don't grow weak and weary and don't quit and don't give up. So Jesus begins to tell the parable to illustrate the principle of the necessity of praying continually and not quit. So we pick up here in verse 2 where it says, And there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regarded man. Verse 3 says, Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Then in verse 6, Jesus says, hear what the unjust judge said. So here we have a story of a widow woman who goes to the judge, a judge who is considered to be a man who had no regard, no respect or consideration for man or for God. But this widow woman went to him regardless of his character or nature because it never stopped her from going before him and asking for justice. And then the scripture says that in verse 4 that he would not for a while. In other words, the, just, the unjust judge would not listen to her or give her what she asked for. Even though she had asked several times. But here's what I want you to see. No matter how many times she was rejected, no matter how many times she was refused justice, she still kept asking. She was not discouraged at all. But because of her persistence, she finally leaves this unjust man as honorary and mean and inconsiderate as he was. Yet he was able to, she was able to move him to give her what she asked for. Amen. This widow woman in her persistence refused to take no for an answer. So the lesson in this parable that Jesus is trying to tell us is that in our prayer life, we need to be persistent, consistent, constant, determined, diligent, and don't stop praying to God. But 
The problem is that there are many reasons why we stop praying. And let me encourage you tonight. Don't stop praying because God is taking too long. Don't stop praying because you think prayer is not going to work. Don't stop praying because somebody betrayed you or somebody disowned you. Don't stop praying because your whole world is coming crashing down around you. Don't stop praying because your dreams are not being fulfilled. Don't stop praying because uh, you, 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 you have all these regrets. Don't stop praying just because. Don't stop praying because God says don't stop praying. Amen. So the first reason why we are not to stop praying is because God does not want us to stop praying, but rather God wants us to continue in prayer. The second reason why we need to stop praying is that God hears our prayers. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Never forget that as long as we're living right before God, as long as our heart is right, God hears our prayers. Look at what 1 Peter 3 and verse 12 says. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, or those who live right. And his ears are what? Open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Go to Psalm 66. And while you're turning there, let me read verse 18. It says this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I have unconfessed sins in my heart, if if there is sin in my life, the Bible says the Lord will not hear. So if there's sin in your life, we need to go before God, bring it before the Lord, confess it, repent, let him forgive us. So he can restore us back in right relationship so he can hear our prayers. But in verse 19 of Psalm 66, verse says this, But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Verse 20 said, Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Boy, isn't it wonderful to know that God will not turn away your prayers, but hear what we have to say. I just thank the Lord for that. Go back to Luke chapter 18. There is no question that this unjust judge, having heard the request of this widow woman, heard everything she asked. But yet in verse 4, he says, He would not for a while do what she had asked, which means he heard everything she'd said, but he just kept ignoring it and rejecting her and refusing her. But then later, he had a change of heart. No, actually, he didn't have a heart. He changed his mind. And in verse 5, he says, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. So even though he changed his mind, it wasn't because he cared about her. Not because he was concerned about her, it's because he was tired of her continual coming. But here's what I want you to see. Because in verse 7, Jesus turns his attention to the real message. He says, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? 
I like what the message translation says. So what makes you think God won't stop, won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? In other words, if, if this man, this unjust judge, who had no regard for man, had no respect for God, who didn't care about anything or anybody, but yet still be able to meet the need of this woman, how much more will God, who is just, who is fair, who is loving, who is kind, who is faithful, how much more will he come to your rescue? How much more will he come and answer your prayers? Amen. That's the contrast that, that Jesus is trying to say here. God hears our prayers, and he's willing to answer our prayers. Go to Daniel chapter 10. I love this story right here. In Daniel chapter 10, we find that Daniel, the Lord had given him a vision. And it was a vision of a future event concerning God's people. But it bothered him. And he needed to know what it was. He didn't understand it. So the Bible says that he prayed for three weeks. That's 21 days. Praying and fasting, trying to find out what this vision is all about. And then the Bible says that an angel of the Lord came before him with the answer to the prayer. So in Daniel chapter 10, in verse 12, it says this. Then he said to me, the angel, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God... Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Notice when Daniel's prayer was heard on the first day. Amen. Yet, even though God heard his prayer on the first day, it wasn't until the 21st day when he finally received the answer. Some of us pray for one hour, and then we give up because God is taking too long. But he waited 21 days. And then the angel in the next verse began to explain why the delay. Because you see, there was spiritual warfare going on as he was praying. As he was seeking understanding, there was spiritual warfare going on. Let me just tell you this. When you stop praying, the devil's won. Because understand that the devil is trying to get between you and your prayers and God. And he's going to do everything he can to try to prevent your prayers from going before him. But understand that when you pray, God already hears the first day that you prayed. So you know what that means? That means that, that the answer to your prayers begin the moment you start talking to God about your situation. The moment you speak to God with your request, God has already answered it. It's just on the way. So that means that your deliverance has already begun the moment you, break, you, you bring before God. Your breakthrough has already begun the moment you bring it before the Lord. Your victory has already begun the moment you utter those words of prayer. Your needs have already been met the moment you bring it before God in prayer. God heard your prayer. But here's what I want you to see about Daniel. 
Daniel didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. He didn't understand that there was a spiritual warfare going on. All he knew that he had a prayer request. He went before God and he prayed and he waited 21 days. In other words, he did not stop praying until he got his answer. Now, what if he stopped praying after two weeks, 14 days? What if he stopped praying on the 20th day? Would he have received his answer? Some of us can't even wait that long to hear from God. But Daniel is a perfect example of, or a model of prayer. We don't stop praying until we receive the answer. The problem with so many of us <coughs> is that because God is taking so long, we want to stop praying. We want to just throw the towel in the end and just say, you know what, forget this. Yet Daniel, even though his prayers was delayed, he never stopped praying until he received the answer. Listen, your prayers may be delayed, but it's not denied. Amen. Someone say, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Psalm 55 and verse 17 says this, evening and morning and at noon... I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Why? Because he wasn't praying once, but several times throughout the day. Crying out to God. How many have ever cried out to God? How many of you wept before the Lord in tears? God hears your prayers. Go to Isaiah chapter 38. Here we read the story of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. And it was a point in his life where he was sick and was close to death. And the prophet Isaiah came to him and says, you need to get your house in order because you're going to die and not live. Imagine a prophet coming to you and telling you that. But here's what I love about Hezekiah because having heard that and in his current situation, he didn't receive that. But the Bible says that he turned to the wall and began to pray and wept bitterly. And then in verse 5, God sends Isaiah back to Hezekiah and says this. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. Glory to God. He said he heard this prayer and he saw his tears. It's okay to cry when you pray. Because God sees those tears. But we may think God has forgotten about us when we pray. And because God has not come through for us at the time when we expect him to come through, we never lose heart. We should never stop praying. And that's what the Lord is speaking to us tonight. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, where he says, Men not always to pray and not quit. Don't faint. Our prayers may be denied. I mean, maybe delayed, but it's not denied. Know that. So we don't stop praying because God hears. The third reason why we don't stop praying is because God rewards persistence. Go back to Luke chapter 18. As we've read through 18 and, and looked at and studied some of this, we finally learned what got the judge to act on behalf of this widow woman. 
We saw in verse 4 where he said that he would not for a while respond to this widow woman. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow woman troubles me, I will avenge her lest her continual praying or coming she weary me. The widow's continual, no quit, no nonsense, constant and persistent request for justice from this judge is what got her what she desired. And the question I have for you is, can we say the same about our prayer life? That word continue, as I mentioned earlier to you, does not only mean to be earnest towards something or to persevere or to be constantly diligent, but it also means to set out for a definite point or goal. Or in other words, to pray until you get results. That is the goal of prayer, getting results. I like what Luke 18.5 in the message translation says. It says, but because this widow won't quit... Say this with me. I won't quit. It was her persistence that brought results to her life. There was another parable that Jesus taught. You don't have to turn there, but in Luke eleven eight, 8, where he talked about a friend who came to a friend's house at midnight, knocking on the door, asking for some food because he had some unexpected guests and didn't have enough to serve them. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody comes knocking at my door at midnight asking for food, I'm not opening up that door. But the story goes that this man continued to knock on that door, continued to knock on that door. And this guy, his friend in the inside who was already in bed, didn't want to get up. But the Bible says that because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Are you getting the point here? Like the characters in these parables, God rewards prayers that is continual and persistent and constant. Until the prayer, until the answer comes, don't stop praying. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that we have to nag God into giving us what we ask for. But when we come before God with a genuine need and with all humility, God will answer our prayers because we come to him knowing that he's the only way that we can receive it. Amen. And knowing that we are committed and, 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 and dedicated to seeking him and hoping and praying that he come through for us. Believing in faith. James 5.16 says, For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me read that to you from the Amplified Version. It says that the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. The New Living Translation says it like this. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. But the occasional, haphazarded, non-existent prayer of a lukewarm Christian accomplishes nothing. Never stop praying. 
because God rewards persistence. The fourth and final reason why God tells us that we're not to stop praying is that the answer is on the way. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Prayer is like sowing seeds. When you plant a seed, you expect a harvest. My wife, every uh, season, every year, between late May and early, I mean, late April and early May, she starts planting seeds in the garden. When she plants those seeds, she's expecting a harvest. She doesn't, of course, she's not expecting a harvest the next day, but she is expecting a harvest. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says this, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. It's interesting how so many believers when they're praying, it's like going to a mailbox every day because you're expecting a check to come in. And every day your mailbox is empty. Now, when we look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, it says, not be weary in well-doing. Now, what does that mean, well-doing or doing good? Well, I mean, that can, that can be a million things. You know, um, visiting someone who's sick. <clears throat> um, meeting a need. Picking up somebody, give them a ride to church because they have no way of getting to church. Rejoicing with somebody who's rejoicing or weeping with someone who weeps. And again, there can be a number of things that we can consider well-doing. Anything that benefits the kingdom, anything that benefits your fellow man, anything that benefits the church, anything that brings glory to God is considered well-doing. Would you consider prayer well-doing? I do. Because when you pray, you're benefiting the kingdom. You're benefiting your fellow man. You're benefiting the church, and you're bringing glory to God. So you can say, Galatians 6, 9, you can read it like this. And let us not grow weary in praying, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Now, this is the reason why praying is like planting a seed. It's like sowing a seed. Because when we pray, again, it's like planting seeds. But as we pray... There's a guaranteed harvest. But there's a due season, the scripture says. The word due season, or the word season, means uh, a set or appropriate time or proper time. So when we're planting a seed, like my wife does every year, she's planting a seed. And she knows that there's going to be a harvest. There's a guarantee that there's going to be tomatoes in the garden. There's a guarantee there's going to be cucumbers in the garden. There's a guarantee that there's going to be squash. There's going to be, um, what else do you grow? I don't know, I just eat them. But she knows there's a great harvest. So when she's planting seeds, she's planting seeds in faith. When we're praying, it's like planting seeds. And we need to believe that as we're praying, that we are getting a harvest. That a harvest is guaranteed. That the answer is on the way. Although it's in due season, although there's a set time or proper time, however, you will receive the harvest. The harvest will come. Amen.
There is a season or a proper time for harvest for all the seeds of prayer that we've sowed over the years. I want you to say this with me. My season for harvest is coming. So over and over again, the scriptures we find where God encourages us to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, and with the promise of results. And if we keep on praying, we will receive the harvest. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 as we get ready to close. Probably one of the earliest messages I've ever preached. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1 says this. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Praying is like casting your bread upon the water. It may be many days. It may be months before our bread comes back to us. But God encourages us to keep casting our bread, our prayers on the waters. Because eventually it will come back. We shall find it. Job, who suffered so much, had given up every expectation for better days. Jacob, who found found out that his son was killed, he lost all expectation of of ever, ever seeing his son. But after many days, many months, many years, God answered their prayers. Listen to me. Start casting your bread upon the waters and expect to find it again. Continue sowing seeds of prayer and and, and expect a harvest to come. There are some of you who have given up. And I would encourage you tonight, don't give up. Get back into the prayer closet. Start praying and start praying with an expectation of a harvest. So if you stop praying for your children, get back into the the closet and start praying for your children. If you stop praying for your relatives, get back into the closet and pray for your relatives. If you stop praying for your friends or your boss, get back into the closet and stop praying. Listen, don't stop praying for your job opportunity. Don't stop praying for your husband or for your wife. Don't stop praying for a husband or for a wife. Don't stop praying for your persecuted saints throughout the world. Don't stop praying to heal people. Because if, you're, if you stop praying, you're not planting seeds. And if you're not planting seeds, you can't expect the harvest. Never stop praying. The more bread we cast out under the waters, the more will eventually return to us. The more prayers we lift up to the Lord, the more he will eventually answer. The more we sow, the more we reap. It may be days, it may be months, but every crumb of prayer that we bring out to the Lord will come back to us. Do you believe that? Are you encouraged by that? Will you get back into the closet and stop praying? Then say this with me. I will never never stop praying. praying. I will pray pray with the expectation expectation of my harvest. My My prayers may be delayed, but it's not denied. My harvest is coming, and it's coming soon. 
and I will not stop praying. Today, tomorrow, I will continue to pray until I receive the answer. And I will continue to pray some more. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all that is said and done here tonight. We thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Father God, that as we begin praying, Lord God, and continue to pray and be consistent, we know, Father God, that not only will you hear our prayers, but you will also answer our prayers. We know that the moment we utter words of prayer, Father God, we know that you've heard it the very first day. But we know, Father God, that the harvest of our prayers will come forth. And Father, we thank you. Help us, Father God, to be consistent in our prayer. Help us, Father God, to be more diligent in our prayer life. Father, help us to go not go a day without communing with you, without talking to you, without praying to you, Father God. But let our lives be 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 modeled, Lord God, after Daniel and Jesus and all the great men and women of God in the Bible, because we know that prayer changes things. We know that our prayers will transform the situations in our lives, will transform our very lives and the lives of other people, Father God, because we're praying to you. And Father, we know and understand, Father God, that prayer has a relationship factor. Because we're not just praying to anybody, we're praying to our Father. And Lord, we thank you because we're your children. You've chosen us and you hear our cries. You hear our prayers, Father God. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that we will become great men and women of prayer. And Lord, for this we thank you. And we give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. At this time.